are rolling in action. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Black and White TV. I'm Jamila Millette. And I'm Sean Cooper. And we are here back at it again to talk about issues that can be very divisive, can be very black and white, and we find the gray and we lean into the uncomfortable, the awkward, sometimes the beautiful, sometimes the funny um, of various topics um, that are going on in our culture or just in our hearts and minds that we care about. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so often the lens at which we view the world that affects how we make judgments on things, how we react to things. I mean, some of us don't have lenses on our own glasses. What's up with that? I don't... <laughs> Listen, this it will not fog, it will not scratch, it will not glare. I got you. Okay, if I put a mask on right now, I don't have to put it a certain way so that it doesn't fog. So those of you that are watching, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with your screen. (laughs) Jay literally has no lens on her glasses. People buy frames, Sean. Yeah. They buy the frames. What happened to those? I do not need corrective lenses at this point in my career yet. I don't need them yet, but we're ready. All right, so today we are gonna be talking about the culture of canceling. And Sean is very passionate about this, maybe more so than I. Sean, why are you so passionate about this particular topic of cancel culture? Gosh, I mean, there's so many reasons. I mean, for one, it's, it's just popping up all the time, mm. you know, um, and and I think to be honest, there is a, I think it's something that we, I'll say I do very easily. It's very easy. What do you f- do easily? It's so easy to feel slighted, to feel like somebody is doing you a disservice or wronging you in such a way. And in my, like, the human side of me that's just so easy is to become passive aggressive. To block somebody out, cancel somebody out, um, stop noticing someone, stop doing something nice for someone. Those are all on a much personal level. We'll talk about some of the corporate stuff that's happening in our country, but it's just so easy to cancel people. Mm. Um, and I mean, honestly, like you and I were talking about this before, cancel cultures, it's a new phrase, but it's its not new in terms of what humans have been doing to each other for a long what do time. You mean? Like, um, you know, other phrases for cancel cu- culture could be ostracizing. Mm. So, you know, if. Did if you say shunning? Shunning, mm. yeah, absolutely. You could even say boycotting mm. because we're seeing that a lot even with the Major League Baseball stuff that's happening right now where they've decided to move the All-Star game away from Georgia. Mm. You know, and, and now you've got different companies also boycotting mm. their sponsorship, their advertising. There's a lot of money involved in that. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's been around a long time. Right. You know, there's other examples of... Like what? Like... I mean, let's go way back. <laughs> okay. Um, you're a tea drinker. I am a teatarian. Yeah. You drink coffee. I do prefer. But you said you do drink tea sometimes. I do, sometimes. Sometimes. With the pinky up? With the, definitely with the pinky <laughs> up. Um, 
But good tea, like tea, like I'm sure you. Oh, do. not bad tea. No, no, I want good tea. <laughs> What's good tea? Good tea would be. It, it's not just. It's not just the tea. It's it's the preparation. Ah, yeah, you're gonna steep. And Are you covering? Proper, yes. Are you covering? Covering. Yes. Everything with some milk. And yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, right? I don't know what to do. <laughs> when we were in England, we stayed with a family who showed us every afternoon oh. how to make proper tea. How awesome. funny. So, but yeah, let's go way back. I mean, the okay. Boston Tea Party. Speaking of tea. You know, that would be an example, uh, 1774, where, what did we do? We we canceled we, tea. We, we did that. We canceled <laughs> tea, you know. Um, we ostracized mm. Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for taxation and all yeah. the things that we were standing against at the time. So, you know, cancel culture wasn't a phrase back then, mm-hmm. but that's what we did right. with, with tea. Um, even fast forward to something like uh, in Montgomery with, with the bus. Boycotting. The boycotting. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that was a great moment. That was a cancel moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you were saying earlier, which I thought was a really good point when we were talking about this that those two examples lack like some of the speed at which yeah so now we have social media and so things happen rapidly right like if it's and and people find out things right so you did something back in the day who knows about that right but if you put something online and people find out about or you or you did something in the media back in the day when it was not um, it, it was not okay necessarily back then, but nobody was necessarily talking about it back then. And then they will bring it up here and then it spreads internationally um, and can cancel you worldwide. Right. Literally. Yeah. Right. And imagine, you know, you get like, let's say you got canceled and you were like a regular Joe Schmo, right? Um, but now I can go on the internet and just Google, Google your name and I know the things that have come up based on that one thing that you did. It reminds me of people who do something um, that sends them, lands them in jail or prison. And let's say they serve their time in jail or prison, they come out, they still have to serve time because now they're wearing a scarlet letter. Every job is asking you, hey, if you could just put down when you made a really big mistake that you got caught for, if you could just put that there and see if we still hire you. And I think that's what's happening with cancel culture. Like I get where it comes from as far as like like saying you did this that was messed up it's deeply not okay um but there's this part where you don't get to have redemption you know it's just straight up you're done yeah i mean when i talk to my friends about this you know so my friendships they're not we're we're not all politically on the same side Mm -hmm. of things and and some of my favorite conversations are actually with friends who th- who we think different politically. Mm. And and one one of the conversations we have often that is very tense and and neither one of us really knows how to land the the whole conclusion is where is the balance between cancel culture, accountability and free speech? Mm. You know, obviously, as a country, that's that's sort of in, it, it's deep in our our DNA, mm. free speech, and 
you know, it's the it's the type of stuff that that we will go to war over. We mm-hmm. we're so deeply committed to those forms of freedom, and it seems like now, maybe to your point earlier, especially with something like the internet, uh, having it gives everybody instant voice, instant mm-hmm. access to mm-hmm. the world, and you create enough traction, you can get your voice. You, you make things loud enough, you can be heard. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm curious, like, how do you feel about that, that tension between we're a free country, mm-hmm. everyone has the right to say whatever they want to say, mm-hmm. why should we penalize people and, and essentially hurt people uh, economically or their status or their name? Um, Where's 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 the line between freedom of speech and cancel culture and accountability? Yeah, I don't know if I can say what necessarily the line is. I just think free speech comes with responsibility, um, especially whatever your platform is or you want it to be or whatever the case is. Um, I I also get that to some degree this is coming from a place of like back in the day somebody somebody does something they apologize somehow a spiritual advisor appears a pastor appears who was not there before like looking at their body of work or how they're how they're living um but because they have this and they're wearing a suit or they're you know put together we should be like okay you're good but it but it seems very rehearsed it it feels very inauthentic um and so the part where you get accountability is to say like this is not okay. Can you own up to this? That's another piece that not everyone's doing, right? Like some people are like, well, I didn't mean for it to come off like that. So whatever, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and and again, you're the part of your, the various redemption processes would be that of like, can you own up to your stuff? And can you do the work to get to the other side of whatever the it is? Like, do you recognize, because a lot of this stems from hurt, like people are hurt by these things. Um, again, then it will not again, again, from our previous discussions, it leads to anger, right? Or I'm afraid that if you get away with this, this will continue. Um, I feel like I'm about to go on a ramp, but <laughs> like, it's kind of like, so when a cop who, um, assaults an innocent person of color or kills an innocent person of color goes on probation or gets fired it doesn't actually address the issue um, if a Karen is then fired from her job it didn't actually address the issue it doesn't resolve um, it doesn't speak to necessarily that person's community um, it doesn't get to what's the root of the issue here can we talk about your lack of cultural competency, your lack of knowing about your hidden biases? Can we talk about you have racist tendencies or you have racism in your heart and your head um, that need to be addressed so that you can move forward to a place of like actual, um, I'm held accountable to the point where I can change my, my thoughts and then my behaviors. Hmm. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like some of some of what I hear people um, concerned about is that cancel culture to them is is a is something that uh, the media then gets to use to control people's values. 
Mm. Right. So, so for instance, um, if there's enough pressure in the media to be for something or against something, then it, it makes some people feel like it's a it's a form of manipulation and control. Mm. And like I literally had a friend who was saying to me recently, um, because I was saying to him like, of course I'm for free speech. Um, I think there's accountability there, mm-hmm. but I also think that we we have to exercise wisdom with our free speech. But what what he pushed back on me instantly was. Yeah, well, as long as as the things that the media is putting pressure on our society to do or not do, as long as those fit your values, then you're okay. But what happens if they start pushing cancel culture and pressure on you? What if, like they were saying to me specifically, what if someone comes to you and says, um, Christians believe A, B, and C, that doesn't fit our agenda, and so now we're going to, um, in a sense, cancel your voice mm-hmm. and your job, your influence, because um, you're not fitting the agenda of, of where we're going as a country. I mean, that happened with Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. Right? So, And it's still happening. Right. You know, where it's like, based on this person's beliefs... Um, and how it, again, it hurt so many people, um, then they're like, you're canceled. Right. Right. Um, but there's, and then there's other people who are like, we know that this is what, um, people of this faith believe and we're not mad at them because they believe that we're just like, you just believe differently. Yeah. Right. Kind of a thing. Um, but, but again, thinking about like how it, there's this. There's this hurt cycle, but people aren't engaging in conversation. People aren't necessarily engaging in, um, like, I see you, I hear you, I can honor you, I can humanize your story, or whatever the it is. Um, it's just straight up, like, I don't like this about you, bye forever, we're done. Right. You know? So. Well, I think dehumanizing is definitely a big piece of this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you We were just using a faith example, but... As, as you were talking about that, it, it made me think, just go back and think of uh, the context of, of Germany and what was happening with Hitler and, and sort of the whole, um, I mean, what, what those wars represented. I mean, think about the Second World War. You think about the incredible, um, not just oppression, but, but the Nazis wanting to wipe out a whole ethnic group. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a dehumanizing, that's a, an eliminating of voice, it's an elimination of a whole people group. Mm. Um, and I think that's that to me feels like some of the things that's scary right now in our country is on the one hand, I think sometimes it's easy to sort of jump to conclusions and think if we're not careful um, we're going to end up um, alienating many, many people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I, I think to your point earlier, as long as we're having honest conversations, mm-hmm. as long as we are not dehumanizing people and we're including people in those conversations, right. I think that's the hope, right? The ideal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have to be careful too, right? Because I can, I can hear the voices of people saying like, um, you can, you can turn this into like excusing someone from something being like, we want to humanize this person. We want to make sure that they, they walk through this accountability. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's like, it, it might feel like a little slap on the wrist for something that is severe. Like literally someone lost their life because of your ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that's what we wrestle with, right? Like of this notion of like, no, you need to hold people to the line and be like, okay, you're on this platform and your voice deeply matters and you have a wide audience and you saying this about this people group or posting this or liking this or whatever the case is, um, people are gonna call you out. Um, it's then how do you respond to said call out? Um, and then how do we as like the community, the society, whatever, can, can we respond back rather than react back? Like those kind of things. Um, I think it's a little messy. Yeah, I think that's well said. I mean, it's basically freedom of speech. Um, it doesn't mean freedom from accountability. Mm, yeah. But it feels like we're in a plate. We're in a transition. For me, it feels like we're in a transition time as a country where we're trying to figure out, um, especially with the speed of technology and information and media, how do you find the right tension, the right balance between free speech but also realizing it doesn't give you license to say whatever you want no. without repercussions. Right, yeah, you have you have to be mindful that people are now saying something. Because again, previously, people weren't necessarily saying things about things that weren't okay, and now they're saying everything about things that aren't okay. And people are like, oh, well now I think it's just people are more sensitive now. And it's not, that's not the case. There's more vocal about things that were hurtful before. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm now thinking about, like, how we bring it, like, how do you bring it to, like, um, your home, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, or, like, what's, what's like, um, you know, even, like, just, just small, minute, even, example of it in your, in your home, in your, in your community, um, how, how you experience just not, again, not to this degree, but to, like, this degree, cancel culture, accountability, free speech moving through that like do you have an example yeah I mean I think that's a really good question for all of us to think about Um, for one I think we I don't really do a lot of social media but I I think for those of us that that value that arena we need to accept the responsibility that comes with what we post in those spaces Mm. Um, and so, you know, that's a, that's a place of influence and, and if that's, if that's an area that we want to enter into vocally, then we have to accept what comes with that. Mm. So for me though, it's much more on a personal level, I would say, you know, over the years, I think some of the hardest battles that, that I've had to fight internally not even externally it has to do with like i was saying earlier if if somebody offends me if if somebody doesn't give me the respect i feel like that i should have Mm -hmm. 
um, if if I feel like somebody like has overlooked me, slighted me, the tendency is to um, cancel them mm. by by shunning them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I think you know that happens even in, in my house when you have two kids, a twelve year old and an eighteen year old, and you the things that I used to do, I realize. I don't want to do those with my kids, mm. you know, which is punish them by way of avoiding them, um, giving them like a silent treatment mm-hmm. or, or, or avoiding them in physically like not being in the same space or room mm. as them. And so I think for me, some of the stuff that I have to deal with in my own selfishness is, um, I need to. I, I want to move away from those emotions, mm. and and I think honestly have a shorter account with everyone, practicing that as much as I can every day, mm. giving people the benefit of the doubt rather than just assuming that they had a wrong, ill motive towards mm. me, moving towards somebody and engaging them rather than moving away from them. Mm. It's all that stuff that's not easy and I'm, I don't do it well, you know, I mm. have to work at it a lot. But it's 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 sort of doing the opposite of, of what what your gut is telling you. Mm. Because you're looking for safety. You're look, I'm looking for a way to hurt someone and the way I feel like they hurt me mm. and and when I start doing all those things, not talking to them, moving away from them, isolating, avoiding them, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. Mm. Um, what about you? Yeah, so I was thinking about, um, so like a couple things. So in, in the community part, like, so after the racial pandemic, I, I was checking in with a lot of my um, friends and family, people of color, um, and just like, where are you? How are you? Kind of stuff. And like, one of the people who I love and adore was talking about they were now having conversations with their white friends that they were never having before, and would get deeply hurt and and cut them off, um, because that person could not lean into their story, couldn't lean into the hurt of, and was like negating it, and. Um, later on, they actually did resolve um, that particular um, situation. But I do want to speak to that of like, there are um, situations where you can call it cancel, whatever, where you do you do not need to enter back into this because it's going to be abusive and hurtful. Because there are people who are not taking ownership and they're not going to take ownership. Um, they don't want to, they can't see it and they don't want to see it or whatever the case is. Um, and it's okay to remove yourself from that. Um, but if you are in a relationship with someone, friend, family, whatever, and, um, you see even just like some level of like, I want to engage, um, not just it's cause you know, a lot of our tension is like, you don't agree with me and I want you to agree with me. Um, but is it okay for us to still lovingly engage, still listen to each other? Can we still learn from each other? Can we still walk towards the goal of like, I want to unite um, and I don't get it yet or whatever the case is, but I'm trying to get it. Um, that, that I think is, um, easier to lean into. Um, and I would say for myself too, like, 
I've I've had moments where I want to my my natural tendency my attachment style is avoidant right so I avoid situations that are like this is awkward uncomfortable ah, ah, like that that's what I do um, but I have to fight myself to lean into things if I want this to be like an authentic real relationship because there's times where avoidant could mean um, I'm just not going to address it um, that's super hurtful and whatever and I'll just I'll just back up here. Um, but like when we're doing this kind of work and we talk about these kind of things, I'm like, I have to say something, even if I don't want to, so that I can actually have an authentic relationship with you, um, or build depth or have depth in this relationship. So that's how yeah, I Jay, I think that's really good. I mean, you're making me think about a couple things. One, you almost have to establish that you're, you're committing yourself to a higher ideal mm-hmm. that, that you're choosing to sacrifice some personal comfort mm. for. Yeah. So, for instance, you know, if, if somebody makes me mad enough in, in terms of our views are so different... Of course, my tendency is going to be like, all right, let's part ways. You go your way, I go my way, and we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if, if the goal is only my personal feelings and mm. their personal feelings, then that's about the best option possible. But in terms of what we're trying to accomplish, even with black and white TV, even conversations we've had about just how awful this last election was, the division mm. that exists mm-hmm. in our country. You know, it doesn't matter where you are in the political spectrum, which news channel you go to, it's all just attacking each other constantly. Mm. Right. And so you you basically are having to choose is there is there a higher purpose and goal in this that's gonna it's going to require some sacrifice. Mm. I was actually thinking, remember a couple years ago you and I were in a group where we were we were talking with this group about um, how do you how do you include people who think differently into your conversations, mm-hmm. and then how do you know if you should eliminate that relationship? Mm. And we had gone with a group to speak mm-hmm. at uh, this this college uh, gathering, mm-hmm. and. And there was somebody at that gathering mm-hmm. that was clearly, vocally, very against what we were doing. Right. Well, we kind of weathered through that night. <laughs> we regrouped a few days later. And, and as we were talking about that night, there were some of us that were like, you know what, that's the type of person that we should never have involved in I said that in this world you know because we're yeah. like call me out Sean I said it cancel me because because that person like they were so obviously against the yeah. ideals that we were right. talking about and then somebody in the room his daughter my daughter who <laughs> teaches an angel all of us so much but she was the one that was like it's well exactly. if we aren't doing it for that person then why are we even doing this mm. yeah and yeah it's instead of just Engaging people who agree. Right. right. Yeah. Which is way more fun and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um, and so I think that's that's the hard thing here mm. is... Yeah, like we're leaning into the uncomfortable, right? Like 
If you just talk to people who agree, that's again, talking about diversity and inclusion, it's not just based on skin, right? It's, I, it's right. ideas. So if you just stay and just only speak to people who are like, I agree with everything you say, so do I. Okay, great. Um, we don't get to grow. Right. You don't get to be challenged. Um, you don't get to like lean into another story, right? Like where does your where does that come from? Why are you why are you thinking that way? Right. Um, so can I learn? Can I listen? And and if I can, that would lend myself to love you well. Right. You know. That's good. Yeah. Nice. We did it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Black and White TV. We encourage you to listen and to learn and to love well um, throughout this whole journey, right? So we're challenging ourselves, but we're also challenging you to keep the conversation going. We'll see you next time. Thank you.